Rolling. Hello, everybody. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Back is with your other Hold My Bread host. Hello, Breadheads. Gather around and join the Gluten Gang. It is time for Hold My Bread, the $7,078.51 and 51 cent podcast. Oh, $77. Ooh, look at that. Made a dollar as we speak, as we live and breathe. We're both shirtless. Shirtless pod. I feel like we've never done this before. Sometimes it's you, sometimes it's me. I don't I don't think you've sh- you don't really pod shirtless here. I feel like doing shirtless like last summer at this time like I did 3 months straight shirtless. This is my f- maybe the first time I've been shirtless on the pod since September. And lo and behold, here we are, shirtless yet again. Yes, exactly. Well, you know, I've been climbing a lot. I'm feeling good. I'm, uh, you know, what can I say? Yeah, I feel awful. Been playing basketball. I'm old. I have no cardio. I'm going back to work. Got to get your legs back. Is that what they say? Yeah, it's more in my lungs, actually, just because I've been sedentary and I used to just run, run, run. And now I can't anymore. Now I just want to cough. It's terrible. I lost... Came from playing basketball on the good streets of Queens, New York. But that's not what we're here to talk about, is it? Not today. Maybe tomorrow. All right. So what's new in the world of finance? Everything is going up thanks to a big, big gain in the unemployment reports. Seems like people are getting back to work. Matt, how's the job search coming? I mean, I'm not even looking. I'm not looking. What do you mean? What are you talking about? Search. I'm working. I got a job. Yeah, he, 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 trading Doge is a full-time job, baby. I'm still giving tours. W- one day a week, right? Yeah. Beautiful. One uh, every Sunday. Come see me. Yeah, uh, give you a tour. Um, and tip, guys. We, uh, we yeah, were there tip. on Christmas. Nobody tipped. Yeah, tip heavy. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm not really looking. I'm uh, I'm counting on AMC, GameStop, Dogecoin, and the money I've already made to to see me through this year. Wait, what? No, you invest passively. This is the other income. You still have to work. Yeah, of course. No, yeah, I mean you you don't have. I mean, Doge could hit a dollar. You still reasonably should be working. Doge could be at ten. You should be working. You're in. You're in the problem of your life, baby. If you if you pay too much attention, you're gonna lose out on other opportunities. Yeah, of course, of course. I'm not saying I'm not. I certainly don't have enough money to retire, but you know, I've I've made enough money to where I can it can afford me the ability to work one day a week. That's not bad. I get the impression you're trying to to retire. I mean, I wouldn't mind, you know, if GameStop did pop off the way everyone's speculating it's going to, and I become a millionaire. That would be pretty sweet. And what what is this supposed GameStop speculation? I see it's back in the news. I. I just thought my browser was just had some air and it was stuck in January of 2021. I mean, it certainly looks that way. It's been climbing uh, slowly. Uh, it went from trading sideways for weeks on end to uh, over the last couple of days. It has been going up. Uh, it was at 245, 247 uh, as of 10 a.m. this morning. It's now down to 237, but it's breaking through some barriers. It broke through 180. It broke through 200. So it is moving in the right direction. Uh, I have um, my 16 shares uh, at an average price of about 120. This breaking through barriers concept, that's not real. 
There, yeah. I see it, it, it. I mean, when I was really in the throes of like holding things and watching it, there's no baseline for that mathematically. And like for the for like a, things that see a lot of attention, it's like, oh, it broke this barrier. It's off to the races. And like, no, because when it gets this attention, it's no longer based on any price thresholds. It's based solely on customer perception. So the barrier kind of has no bearing in this situation. That's just something I've noticed. Yeah, I mean, I don't doubt that at all. It, it really gives off a vibe of it's more of a mental thing, uh, if you ask me. But oh, and, and AMC, is... not to change the topic, but AMC is also AMC almost hit $30 uh, like 10 minutes ago. Well, that that's a company. AMC could possibly be in business in 10 years. The GameStop thing is nothing but I mean, it's a social experiment at this point. I mean, I understand. You told me yesterday that there is there is ex consumer excited based on them getting NFTs. Right. We're gonna. We. That's exactly uh, something that we wanted to talk about in the podcast. They. They're. It's funny because I feel like they've been quietly. GameStop has like quietly been doing a lot of things that legitimize them as a, as a good business. You know, they're debt free. They're a debt free company. They've quietly paid off their debt a couple months ago. That's not a bad thing at all. And they hired a huge. They hired a new CEO. I forget what he where he used to work. He used to work for like Amazon or Netflix or something. So they hired somebody there. Um, they're hiring a whole team of people to help kind of generate, uh, which we'll get into more here in a little bit, but they're hiring a new team of to, to build up NFT projects and to make its own, you know, Ethereum based NFTs and, and almost like its own GameStop cryptocurrency sort of thing. And I, all of that means nothing because they, the business they are in, they sell video games when the model of purchasing video games and the consumer p behavior of that entire industry changed. Just as like YouTube and podcasts, they, they kind of like disrupted entertainment because just the users made it like uh -huh. there are barriers in video games. People buy on their platforms and it has extended where the most successful video game companies, they're the ones like it's kind of merged player and programmer where the idea of like people buying video games in a centralized way and like is kind of archaic to me. Like even if it is like has like a digital branch, why would they go what like the video games you pay, you download them, them right? Right. But I think I don't know if you have you heard of Steam ever. Steam is like uh, it's made by this company Valve. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm 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 down with Steam. Steam is great. Roblox is great. Niantic is great, and there is like a big future there. And like them saying, oh, we're gonna partner. We're gonna have an NFT team based on Ethereum. And like a lot of these marketplaces are already very firmly established. I hear GameStop talking about NFTs. All I see is a divorced dad with an ear piercing. I well, I think that <laughs> it's Steve Buscemi with a backwards cap and a skateboard. How do you do, fellow kids? That's what GameStop <laughs> selling NFTs is. That's them knowing their target audience, which is you know people who've bought the stock, who've also bought into NFTs, and they're merging the both 
because as long as people are paying attention to them, they're staying in the news, it, it kind of distracts from the reality that the Grim Reaper is waiting at their door. I, I mean, I can see that. Um, I do think that, you know, they're, I think that they're primed to kind of compete with Steam a little bit. I, uh, Steam also doesn't allow you, I think you can gift games, but I don't know if you can like, if I buy a game and I play it for a while, I don't think I can then give it to you. And I think the idea with the NFTs is to kind of um, update the whole idea of, of, uh, of used games. I mean, I think if you look at, people that can't afford a new game, you know, there's still people out there that video games is an expensive hobby. It pulls in billions of dollars every year. I think if uh, the, one of the, the things I've saw people talking about online, which I think is the case is the ability of being able to, to, to resell a digital game, which as of now, I don't think is really an option. So I think that's kind of what they're banking on. And you also look at if the, the whole idea of what were the, the NBA was selling those top shots, right? Yeah. And, but like you're going to this where you can buy one game and you could sell it. It's just like we're in a world where Roblox and Fortnite are free. New, new. There's new creations on Roblox from other players every single day. You don't need to spend a dime to enjoy these products. And not only to to like it's a cool angle, but I can't imagine it's going to have like in a meaningful impact on the market because GameStop video games are huge. They are but a drop of the bucket in that they are a price taker. They do nothing to set any of these markets and they might have power to like from like a stock side, but from the like economic sense for the video game market, GameStop truly is a dinosaur. They are extinct and like they are going to be subject to the greater mechanisms of supply and demand and like yeah, the NFT thing would be like really cool if they started it 10 years ago, which is like Steam, they've developed as a tech company, not as a brick and mortar store to convert at this point. That's why the Steve Bush, like, as soon as you texted me like GameStop sending me out, selling NFTs, I'm like, oh, they know <laughs> the scam. They know exactly what they're doing. Just like a trophy wife, they know they're worthless and they are t attaching themselves to as much worth as they possibly can get. And don't take that as an insult to women or trophy wives, because let's be real here. I am a trophy wife. <laughs> yeah, I loved, I aspire to be a trophy husband. You know, that's what I want to be. I want to be a trophy wife. I want to be a kept man. It's, it's all right. Yeah, all I need to do is have like... I have to keep my abs and have a woman hate me. Um, that seems like a pretty fair deal. Um, I think, well, and they're basing it, they're, they're backing it with Ethereum. So I think for the most part, as, as Ethereum goes, so does the GameStop NFT market a little bit. Um, seems to be, it seems to me no, that- No, that, 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 that can't be true because as Ethereum goes, so does the GameStop NFT market. No, because Ethereum is like what's going to be used. The market is how is people actually using it. It's pe it's people participating in the GameStop NFTs at scale. And so that means GameStop needs to convert like so many user behaviors just to give this a chance. Right. But I, but I mean, game video games are like the leading entertainment industry. They're bigger than movies. It's bigger than television. Absolutely. It's and there's so many other people who are, are already dominating this industry. Like 
GameStop's business model, they don't develop anything. They don't have anything proprietary. They set up shop in strip malls. They mark up games and they buy your stuff at a discount. Like to consider them as like a viable option to convert to this new digital economy with no experience in the realm, just based on the internet kind of stumbling onto them and using them for something is one of the most misguided notions one could have at just looking at this firm's total health. Right, but I don't think they're gonna need to require people to find them. I mean, they have, there's this thing that I remember as a kid um, having where it's like the power up card or something. And it's like, they have millions and millions of users information. They have a, they have a look at it like a, sh a comedy show. They have a huge, huge millions of millions of emails and people's information. They've got a list of people ready to roll that support them. So it's not like they're going to have to, they don't have to find new users. They don't have to convince people. I think that the people, they have the numbers already. Steam has 120 million users right now. I bet. Yeah, I bet. I bet GameStop has maybe half that. Um, that, that no, because GameStop, how many, is GameStop international? Um, yes, I think so. I'm going to say yes. I think GameStop does have places across the, uh, across the. Uh, you you can make money off GameStop. You can, you can. Put all your money in you want, but you can't argue with me that, do you honestly think if you're gonna look around the like companies in this digital landscape and there there's so many of them in this realm, like video games is a huge industry and the players are established and they're not GameStop. Do you really think that this is the best play in this marketplace? I don't think it's the best play, but I do think it's something worth keeping an eye on. And I think that because people are so skeptical about uh, of it, I think that that is there's potential. Admit there. it's a scam and you're in on it. Admit <laughs> it. Not... Admit it. This is not a good company. You know it's not a good company. Everyone in the world just you want say you want to make your fucking money. Don't tell me GameStop's a good company. You're so full of shit right now. You have no backing on any of this shit, do you? They pay, they have no debt. They're a debt-free company. That's huge. They're a debt-free company. They're also a future-free company. They're an asset-free company because people don't fucking buy video games the way they need people to buy video games. Your argument, you saw, where'd you see the debt-free thing? It had, this is old news. This happened like months ago. Exactly. There's, there's no relevance. Meanwhile, Roblox has their, t has their tendrils and they're incentivizing people to buy in. Steam is doing the same things like all these other platforms, they're setting it up for like, to to re the level of engagement they're gonna get. What happened with, you know how radio doesn't exist? You know how television doesn't really exist anymore thanks to like these interactive technologies? Video game development is next. It's already so far down that road. Matt, I'm gonna give you one, one chance. I'm gonna give you one sentence. If you can tell me, GameStop's a scam. I'm I'm in on it. I would love to hear it. If not, I will never discuss GameStop, Doge, or Tesla with you ever again. <laughs> I'm not going to say that. It's not true. Okay, our next subject. <laughs> this includes social events, so, you know, poker games? Nah. Don't, don't you worry. All right, you heard it here first. Matt believes GameStop is a powerful, healthy firm with adequate financials <laughs> and you know in actually real implications for the world not in the made-up world of the economy there we actually might be seeing the death of oil today due to a 
ruling in Europe. There is specifically the Netherlands. Shell oil was ordered to cut emissions by 50%, which is absolutely crazy thing. So all the oil companies like these precedences are going to have worldwide effect. And we're going to see maybe look back at today's ruling as the tipping point of when the world maybe took climate change seriously. Yeah, but they're giving them until 2030. So yeah, I mean, but the alternative was you're not doing anything. And like just the scale of oil production, like I think nine years is kind of a reasonable window. I mean, it'd probably take two years to even come up with an adequate plan because like, I mean, how do you scale back? Like shutting, it's kind of like when we talked about the cruise ships, right? Right. The cruise ships are so big, they couldn't shut down. And like these entire companies, they're set up to produce so much oil. All their assets are in on that. And all of the oil's already sold before it's drilled. Um, that's a good point. I mean, you're right. If you look at the, the scheme of oil, it's decades and decades and decades of business being told they have to shut down in, what, nine years? That's not unreasonable. Yeah, and I, I think that's fair. I think that um, it could have some very big implications. Uh, obviously, there will be tons of appeals, just as Uber's appealing their like rulings in in Europe about their employment levels, um, other big implications. And like we, the, te- the Biden tax rate, this might affect you actually. It's, um, the, it's going to go into effect this April. So that might have some tax implications for the listeners here. In other news, Adam Newman's still getting paid more and more and more. He just got another $250 million. You love to see it. Yeah, absolutely. Why not? Um, it also is a big, I mean, it's also the, the a move. It's good. Obviously, it's good for the environment. It's also interesting because it's like Europe is very forward with uh, environmental causes and things like that. And I think they've already moved in the direction of like, uh, EVs and all that stuff. So this is just another kind of win. This is another big win for EVs. Absolutely. In the EV market, there's there's a lot of startup there. I mean, we are still maybe seeing who's going to end up really making an impactful market because it's weird. Like EVs treated as like such an emerging market, but I don't know. I I know mostly young consumers. I don't know anyone who's like interested in buying cars. Anyone buying things, they buy the stock in the companies rather than the products themselves. Yeah, I mean, but also I feel like we're in a unique situation where it's like we live in New York and people don't necessarily need a car out here. Yeah, um, but even worldwide though, like you when you go back to the Midwest, do people lust over automobiles like you like you see young people in movies like from 20 30 years ago they love cars now a car is just like who could give a shit yeah i mean i don't know i i guess i i do agree with you I, it was funny back in like the 40s and 50s back when cars were new or whatever back when they were like not new but there were big innovations happening and everyone was like 
you know, check out my Thunderbird, babe. You want to ride in my car? People used to go on Sunday drives because it was just a big deal to be like, look how quick we're moving across the ground. Yeah, and like, I guess here's what I would do in this. As soon as I see a company with an electric vehicle, like a work truck, that's an EV, I'm putting everything in whoever makes that. Because those are the companies that that's where the car and automobile purchases are going to stay stagnant. That market's not going anywhere. There's no real threat to it. So whoever like cracks the blue collar, like kind of workforce for that, they're going to print money. Well, you know what? It's funny you say that because I found yesterday, um, I cannot seem to find it right now, but it was in New York City. It was like a what was it a ford uh f f something it was some like f-130 or some bullshit like that but it was an electric vehicle yeah the f-150 cyber uh the the f-150 rivian rivian and the hummer ev so there's a bunch of like cars angling towards this to compete with a cyber truck sort of thing and the, obviously the cyber truck hasn't even been released yet well, but, the F-150 actually has some of the most loyal con customers in all of purchases. I mean, Ford probably would have closed their doors a couple decades ago if it weren't for the F-150. You saw you saw an electric F-150? I didn't see it in person, but uh, here, yeah. The Ford, Ford's F-150 Lightning Pro is an electric pickup truck for businesses. So this is kind of what you're talking about. Um, and I feel like Ford F-150 people are like Jeep people. They're very loyal. Like you just, I think you're absolutely right. Yeah, and like what who what what automobile is used for work is it's a Ford truck. Right. Every, every guy you see, I mean, it's a GMC or a Ford. If they can get into this market, it's gonna be like the one offering that makes like pickup truck drivers may be more willing to embrace an electronic vehicle yeah ford f-150 lightning uh they next year uh is when they're uh, supposed to be coming out which i think is huge because i mean as cool as i do think the cyber trucks are i don't think people that are the f-150 people are not going to be converted over to tesla by by the cyber i think they're going to stay loyal to the f-150 i think the cyber truck is a cool truck i think it, it but i don't think it's going to be a utilitary no a utility vehicle the way f-150s are yeah, and F one fifty is like people ha make a point of having those. Like Gabby's dad has one from the fifties, and like he doesn't need it, but he likes having it. He just kind of like sees a bit of his personality in it. And I mean, for the F one fifty to consider electronic, that's something I think would work. That's something I think it could, could like with you talking about that other company and like them changing consumer behavior, right? Mm -hmm. That's one of the hardest things to do. And like in F-150, I think that might have the cultural capital to be impactful. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. I mean, and if you look at Ford stock a year ago, uh, a year ago um, around this time, Ford stock was around six or seven dollars and it's up to about 1467. So if Ford can pivot and and to and can really capitalize and you mean obviously there's no debating that Ford is good at building what they build. There's no debating that. So if they can continue to build um, good vehicles and they can and they can update their their stuff to compete with 
in the EV place, uh, I don't think there's anything. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I don't think there's any reason to doubt that they're going to be successful. And Ford's also invested into the infrastructure to help the electronic vehicle market really thrive. And like, whereas some of the other companies get a lot of their money from like credits. I mean, Ford doesn't have that sort of infrastructure in place. So maybe they are doing some things where they're going to have to appeal to the marketplace. And like, honestly, Ford's learned because uh, we're, automakers really fucked up was 60s they had a stranglehold on the american customer mm -hmm. they stopped considering consumer demand how to serve them they refined their own production processes they worked on their own offerings meanwhile honda and toyota they thought of what people could actually use and that's what people went with yeah i agree um and I've seen, I mean, the, it's funny because the, 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 the Ford F-150, what would I forget what it's called? The Lightning or whatever. It does look like a Ford F-150. It looks a little bit more futuristic, but it's still got the same shape. It's still got the same stuff that people like about the F-150. So I think that will be interesting to see. And I bet they will uh, be selling a lot of them. It's interesting to see too, because if you look at the inside of it, and I mean, I don't know, I, Tesla probably isn't the first one to have this, but the F-150 truck it does have a giant screen in the middle of the console, which I think is something at least I associate with, with Tesla. Um, so it's interesting to see that that's going to be kind of a common thing. I think across all EVs is having that, that command center in the middle of a car sort of thing. And you know what? Good for Ford. I know they're from my hometown and I don't know how many of you guys are like blue collar losers like me, but um working on a truck, you would not believe the gas expenses there. So like, I mean, I, I imagine it's going to be like a 50 to $60,000 vehicle because a normal F-150 is like 40, I'll throw in 20 to cover the EV technology, but kind of pays for itself over the lifetime of a truck. Like every day is like $200 and $100 in gas when I work. Yeah. And if it's, if it's a business expense, if you're using it for your business, I mean, it's just an investment in yourself basically at that point. Yeah. And that's why I say, if you see something out there, if you see an electronic vehicle, that's a pickup truck, invest right away. Yeah. I think Ford is going to be something I'm looking into, honestly, because it is, it's quite, it's wild to see the stock almost double in a year. Um, off of not really much over speculation over over whether or not they are going to keep up and it does seem like they're primed like i said that truck is supposed to come out next year so who knows if we're going to see a double again uh, in a year well let's look up who okay well the good thing is oh you know why the stock has doubled in a year the a ford is no longer in charge of ford motor um it's now Jim Farley. Previously, it was always Fords, and I don't know if you guys know this, the Ford family is some of the dumbest people who ever lived. They somehow had billions of dollars in the 60s, and they have less of a net worth. Um, do you know how hard it is to lose money when you have billions of dollars? <laughs> Apparently, I mean, I don't know. It's just funny, though, that with one of the guys that invented the vehicle itself, you're like, they're, they're a stupid family. They did one good thing. Well, you know, they it, 
did they do one good thing? Because actually, do you know workers' dissatisfaction um, didn't actually exist. It was never charted until the assembly line was implemented. Oh, I mean, I guess I believe that because, because and I guess the they they kind of pioneered the whole idea of uh, assembly line working, right? Is that? Yeah, yeah. There's Ford actually owns much of American history next to their headquarters or like a half mile away. There's the Ford Museum and Greenfield Village, of course. And they've got like the car Kennedy was shot in. They've got the Lincoln chair. They've got all sorts of bits of American history. But in the gift shop, they sell a book that's called uh, The Night Henry Ford Met Santa Claus. And that speculates that Henry Ford got the idea from for the assembly line from Santa. Ah, from his elves. Um, no, I think actually Santa went to business school in this. <laughs> <laughs> well, that only makes sense. Oh, yeah, it's still for sale. The Night Henry Ford Met Santa by Carol Hagen and Matt Faulkner. Oh, it's only fourteen sixty nine. I'm gonna I'm gonna put it in the chat for you right now. If anyone sees my Amazon wish list, please buy me the night Henry Ford met Santa. <laughs> I'm about to open this up and take a peek. Ooh, yeah, that artwork looks like it's from the thirties. I mean, if you want to make a kids' book about any great American industrialist, find the one with the heaviest track record of anti Semitism and get writing. Wow, this is the the first line. Could Henry Ford have taken his idea for an automobile assembly line from the elves at the North Pole? Maybe so. Set before Christmas in 1908. Whoa, the charming tale finds Henry Ford puzzling over a way to make his Model T affordable for the average family. <laughs> oh, boy. What a book. You know, that's probably that description might be longer than the books. Uh, I like that they have, if you click on the picture and then to the right, there's another picture and it's a guy, it's like a diagram to show you how big the book is. Yeah. 22 centimeters. I mean, that is good. Um, nice to know. What was that you were saying about Robin Hood? Yeah, so I thought this was interesting. So um, I've, I've transferred all my stock out of Robinhood. I'm in Fidelity full time, um, but I do have crypto on Robinhood. And I got an email from them um, a couple days ago that was like, congratulations, you've been chosen for early access to IPOs. And I mean, last week we were talking about how, I think we use Kyrie Irving as an example um, of how we don't get access to IPOs uh, or and and... Uh, and they they gave me an email saying I could do it. So I submitted just to see what it looked like. And it, it reminded me of entering into a sneaker raffle because basically all they what they wanted me to do was they gave me a projected price for what it would IPO at and then how many shares I wanted to buy. And then I submitted that. And then if I was chosen, I would then have those shares at that price. Um, now, I didn't do this. The IPO they offered me is Figs. Uh, are you familiar with Figs? What's the what's the company? Is that the shorthand? No, the, it's the company is Figs. It's uh, it's a um, they're basically a scrubs company. There's ads from all over the subway. Um, 
Figs is uh, it's a healthcare apparel company. Holy they shit! Found- they they got they they were valued at four point four billion dollars. Right. That's insane. So I got an email from uh, Robinhood saying that they were expected to IPO at $22. Um, and this is the thing. I don't and know that, how this. That's a scam because a lot of analysts, they had that at 16 to $19. So really, that's already over the price that insiders are getting. Well, it opened at 28 All And right. it's, cur- it's currently sitting at about 29 It peaked uh, around noon at about 30 4.4 billion dollars well i mean if health- you look at the medical look at the medical industry i mean healthcare is huge and they all wear scrubs everybody wears scrubs in the hospital doctors dentists nurses um you know lot- even i feel like optometrists they all wear scrubs so if figs can can i don't know the relations of between scrubs like if the, the original you know like the thing we've all seen in figs like i don't know how they are related if they're the same company or it, i don't know how that works but i don't i'm not surprised by that because the market is huge yeah but you're not speculative based based on um them having a close relationship with robin hood and robin hood actually they sent this to you yesterday right yeah it was a couple days ago Okay. Probably two, three days ago. Yeah, two, three days ago, Wall Street Journal, it came out that a lot of the, the little things that investors can do to, you know, stop to like make their taxes go a little better, stuff like specific lot identifications, you know, that's not there on Robinhood. And that's a pretty big deal. That could save any users up to like $3,000 on their taxes and like, there's no real reason why it isn't in there. And like, they're rightly getting blowback for it. So, well, this says right here, um, two, 26.4 million shares of figs went on sale today. Uh, that's a raise for about 22.5 million shares that was originally planned. Uh, it also says most apparel companies are designed to sell goods to consumers, whereas figs sells a pair to healthcare workers as figs prospects prospects explains unlike most other categories in the apparel section the healthcare apparel industry is largely non-discretionary recession resistant and much less um, susceptible to fashion or or fad risks in other words no matter if the economy is going through a boomer bus or pandemic healthcare workers always need to buy apparel for their job that means figs can more easily rely on a steady stream of sales than discretionary apparel providers that's according to uh fastcompany.com i mean there you go fig do you like figs i just i do i mean i i remember seeing the ads on the subways for a long long time for years i've seen the ads on the subways so um i don't know it's something looking into it's something to look into i do think it is strange the the robin hood relation is interesting to me i don't know why they're they're letting me do it but um i i don't know it's it is on on the surface at least it looks like it might be a move i'm getting all kinds of emails i got an email the other day from uh, venmo venmo is now like you can buy crypto on venmo now all i think all these things are yeah i mean everyone is running through it because why not it's just the appetite it's an epidemic of just attention in this and like venmo you're doing fine you serve a utility you don't need to sell me crypto. You're good. You you're good in my book. 
They're selling Bitcoin, Ethereum, Litecoin, and Bitcoin Cash. I don't know what Bitcoin Cash is, but um, those are the coins available on Venmo currently. So, but I, I mean, I don't know. It's it's. I think it's just an entry point for people that don't understand crypto. It's just another entry point for people to learn and to get um get aboard on it. And it's just another way to um make it more accessible to people that are maybe a little more intimidated by it. Yeah. Um. Maybe, and I'm gonna. I'm seeing a nurse friend tonight. I'm gonna ask him who buys their their uh, scrubs because I think maybe maybe I was wrong about figs because they do seemingly own the SEO for all things scrub related. Yeah, but the thing that I don't understand is how is this company? How is figs gonna grow? How are they gonna innovate? How are they gonna? How are how are scrubs gonna change? You know. I mean, you you can't be asking these questions and have the stance you have on GameStop. You realize this, right? They're going to sell their clothes as an NFT, and it'll be just fine. Yeah. There'll, be a, there'll be a crypto coin in the pocket of the nurses. Matt, the economy is coin. Everything that's... We don't make anything in this country. This entire economy is a house of cards. We make nothing. There's five good companies. Everything else is trash. Well, that's funny you say that. Five big, five big companies. One of the biggest companies just bought James Bond. I'm tired of hearing about it. I don't know why James Bond is the poster child for this, but that's what was purchased by Amazon. Well, James Bond is cool because it's a franchise that actually kind of has like a, a modicum of artistry in it because they're true to like, they're just some guy wrote some novels the people who play Bond, it's not like the MCU where it's the, this big capitalistic monolith. You know, one guy becomes Bond. He carries the franchise. You throw someone in the Bond girl role, they make it their own. You throw someone in the villain role, they make it their own. People really, it, it's it's a great platform for artists, I would say. I can agree with that. get the song, but an actor gets to play Bond. Some sexy starlet actor gets to play a Bond girl. And someone gets to direct this cool, sleek film. So... I think it lifts a lot. I think the Bond films are kind of cool. I agree. I mean, well, here's what I'll say. This is controversial. I've only ever seen, and this is how I feel about Batman. People, you talk about Batman and there's different iterations of Batman and people are like, it's generational. You know, it's like, this is, it's like the cast of SNL. When you bring up SNL, people are like, these are my people. This is my SNL. Uh, for me, Batman, um, Christian Bale is my Batman. I, I, I don't, you know, but Daniel Craig is my James Bond. I've never seen any of the other James Bonds. I have, I get the references cause I've played a little bit of the video games and I, I kind of have been around enough to get the references. But for me, Daniel Craig is James Bond. I've seen all of his James Bond movies. He's the man as far as I'm concerned. Um, I am excited to see the new one. I've been waiting forever to see the, uh, the new one. The music is good. I, I do like, you know, live and let die by Paul McCartney and all that. And I like the Adele um, and all that stuff. That's good. Come on. Paul McCartney, that was Wings, dog. Yeah, but what Paul McCartney wrote guy? that song. Yeah, I just I I I used to have a problematic take where Wings was better than the Beatles, and people didn't like that. So I needed to, I really needed to stand up for Wings there, given my history. I mean, Wings is great. Wings is unbeatable for me. I think there, it's I can see it's a fair argument to make. I don't think it's a argument you can win. But I, if somebody said like, if you had said to me Wings is better than the Beatles, I mean, it's not, you know. It's it's a it's a fair thing to say. It might not be true, but it's not far off. Controversial, but I'll back you up on it. Uh, yeah, come on. 
Um, but yeah, that's the whole thing. Metro Goldwyn Mayer, uh, $8.45 billion deal. So Amazon now owns, uh, they own uh, James Bond, um, Thelma and Louise, and, and Rocky. How did Thelma and Louise get the second one? I mean, I get it. It's a great movie, but there's one. It's not like that's a franchise. There's one Thelma and Louise, and they kind of set it up where you, there can't be a sequel. It's very, yeah, that's, that's true. The second movie could just, I've never seen Thelma and Louise, but uh, the second movie could just take, like could just start as they're falling off the cliff. Like it starts mid fall. Yeah. I mean, it could just be the whole fall. It would be like that Cone brothers film where the whole movie takes place with Tim Robbins falling through the sky. What's that movie? I don't know. I, I made the reference and I realized halfway I didn't quite remember what the reference was. I mean, people have been saying this forever, too. I feel like, you know, they're just repackaging cable. But it is, it is interesting that, you know, Disney Plus, uh, like HBO Max, Apple TV, Paramount Plus, Netflix, Amazon Prime. I mean, all these things are just slowly partnering up to, to repackage as a different streaming service. And I think it's going to be cable, but better. But it's still just cable. Yeah, we live in hell um no stock is worth buying no television show is worth watching sit quietly outside and play settlers of Catan on the internet that's all there is that's true you're not wrong i mean i there's such pressure to watch this television so i stopped watching all television i only watch basketball it's so freeing well you know it's interesting um amazon only owns 50 percent of bond because the because some just two people own the other fifty percent. That is exactly right. Uh, and, and you know what? Trying to like just it freedom matters so much. Like it's been crazy this week. Do you see John Cena and Mark Ruffalo? Like John Cena accidentally called Taiwan a country. Mark Ruffalo stood up for Palestine, and these dudes are issuing apologies. What's the point of making it in the world? What's the point of like having the highest level of success if you're just going to be absolutely spineless as an individual? I mean, I, you know, what, what, I don't know why we're surprised. We can't be surprised by this. Hollywood and all that stuff is just evil and it's just a money machine. Um, but this might brighten your day. The balance is held. You know who owns the other half of uh, 50, who, the, who owns the other half of Bond? Are they Ian Fleming's children? It's Barbara Broccoli and her brother, Michael G. Wilson. Oh, Barbara Brock? Barbara Broccoli is her name. They have uh, ironclad creative control, deciding when to make a new Bond film, who should play the title role, and whether remakes and television spinoffs get made. They have actually blocked such efforts in the past. So Barbara Broccoli don't take no shit. Yeah, I, Mike Racine just told me that He's going to sell his AMC group texted us that. Don't do it, you fool. They're all scams. Buy an ETF. I'm texting it. God, that is funny. He just texted us uh, mid-recording. <clears throat> Don't do it too early. You're going you're gonna to kick yourself. Yeah, if you don't win, you can lose at the pyramid scheme. Well, that being said, I'm going to work next week, and I might be walking around, away from this podcast for a little bit, listeners. I just want to focus on the opportunity at hand, and 
you know, in terms of what I want to tell you guys about finance, I learned a lot. I had a great time, but, you know, I think the conversations that I had are just maybe going to go elsewhere at this point. And really, I just want to work. I want to get back in the world and, like, being here, like, I got to get off the computer, man. It's, it's going to ruin my life. Yeah, and we've spent, I mean, years, we spent years on it at this point. Yeah, I mean, the more I study finance, the more I just want to go on autopilot. Give me my 8% a year. Let me have my existence. I think Ari's going to come on a little bit, right? Yeah, I think Ari's going to fill in, and we'll probably get some other people to fill in here and there. Yeah, and I'll, I'll hang out. I'll make sure you're not talking about GameStop on those episodes, but on non-GameStop episodes, I am here for you, Maddie. Yeah, I know that. And I want to tell listeners that I'm not, I'm not giving up on you guys. I'm just giving me a chance. Oh boy, <laughs> that's what is that a line from the uh, when Harry Henry Ford met Santa Claus? Yeah, that is actually that's what Santa told him. <laughs> that's what it sounds like. <clears throat> well, um, I guess that's a, that's a wrap. All right. Well, until next time, buy an ETF. Enjoy the scams, baby. Go out and get yours. Have fun. Yeah. Uh, June 17th, come see me and Emil uh, Joaquin. We're hosting a good stuff. If you're in New York or if you're in the New York area, come to the Stand Comedy Club. Jay Jordan, Kenise Mobley, Christina Hutchinson, Nimesh Patel, Rachel Feinstein. Uh, we are having a monthly there, and our first one is June 17th. And then uh, we're also starting a weekly show in... Uh, Williamsburg, which we're going to announce uh, in a couple of uh, days. Nice. What, what's, yeah. the, what's the old Billyberg venue? There's a uh, this this uh, like Brooklyn diner and ale house reached out to us and we went and saw the space yesterday and it's fucking incredible. The backyard is sick. It used to be like an old dance club and they're turning it into a diner performance space and it's pretty insane. The what guy sub- is super. What subway stop? It's off the Mars. No, it's off the Kosciusko M. Oh, killer. Yeah, dude, it's so sick. The venue's incredible. Uh, the backyard is ill. They're super down. The guy that owns it is like a retired cop, and he's like, I just want you guys to do whatever you need to do to make it good. He's like, I trust you guys. He's like, whatever you need. He's like, I'm going to build you a stage. We're going to get the sound set up. We're going to get some lights. He's super great. How did that guy find Dude, I don't know. We just got. A, I just got a message. I was in Idaho for the comedy festival, and I got a message from the Bushwick Diner. So the Bushwick Diner is the diner that's near me. I've gone to it multiple times. And I got a message from their Instagram account that was like, we're opening up a second space. Would you want to do a show at our space? And I was like, oh, I'm sure I'll come check it out. And I went and checked it out the other day and it's pretty sweet. The diner knew you were, you did stand up? Yeah, I guess I asked him that yesterday. I was like, how did you find me? And he was like, I saw you at a show and I wanted to talk to you in person, but I couldn't find you. He's like, I lost track of you and you were gone before I could talk to you, so. Man, this guy sounds like a a forced to retire cop. Well, that's the thing though is he didn't even I, he didn't even see me. It's like his guy that he, his like right hand man saw me, and then I met them both yesterday, and it was it's great though. I think his show has potential to be huge. So very excited. Go, go see Matt's show, not the one on June seventeenth, but the next one. All right, later, friends. Bye, everybody.